online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. But I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's my co-host of the show. Otherwise, I simply wouldn't have let him in. Are you alright? Co-host. Yeah, I've been called a sidekick. You, I called you a co-host while you was away. I noticed that. I was watching DVD extras, and when uh, Noel Fielding was here, goes my normal co-host, Matt Morgan. Ain't here. I watched that back. I made a mental note. I always refer to him simply as. Oh, Matt Morgan. <laughs> Rather than giving him these grandiose terms. Yeah, looks nice. Thank you. Why? Just because I've straightened it a bit. Why have you straightened it a bit, do you suppose? <laughs> Why have you doing a panicky housewife face? <laughs> he's doing the panicky housewife face because he's got a secret engagement leader. Mr G is here. He's the poet laureate of the show and a uh, more talented poet you're never likely to meet. We was over in Dublin just a few days ago. Mr G wowed the folks there with his performance, which could only be described as enlivening. Wild it was in Dublin, Matt, when really? I was there. Yeah. I would have come, but I was in a... I was in Prague. Well, the people of Dublin missed you. God, well, they was well, the people of Prague Matt? loved me. Well, really? Did they, Matt? Not really, actually. <laughs> no, I don't suppose they did. not heard did. of the show over there. No, it's not caught on at all in the former Eastern Bloc, and that's due to poor marketing <laughs> from the BBC, I'd say. Aaron, you were doing a racist voice? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, was, weren't I? <laughs> what about when I did that in the back of a cab once? Accidentally, we had an Irish cab driver once, and I, without thinking, goes, Could you take us <laughs> for a cup of coffee, dude, in Starbucks? Like that, and Matt wrote on his phone, like, you know, when you write a text, but you don't send the text, you just show the other person your phone, he went, The cab driver is Irish. I it said in a typed it in that voice. It was in that voice. You, you absolute goon. What are you, you thinking? Bit your fist would go, oh, no, oh, and no. Then I just did a variety. What ain't there, mon? Who's that gun? Uh, oh, yeah, you know me, I just always do, I'm doing the accent. I'm, I'm the accent man. Don't be offended, I'm doing everyone's accent. Russell Brand. Slash will be on the show later. Slash is coming up in the second hour. Slash, ah, Matt really fancies him. We've already interviewed Slash. Slash came in a little while ago. We uh, chatted to him. He's ever such a lovely gentleman, really nice, handsome, brilliantly dressed. But what I won't do is become obsessed like Matt is. When he left, Matt, Matt went, I goes, he's quite nice looking, isn't he? I goes, it's surprising that he wears all that stuff, like the glasses and the hair and the hat, because he's got a quite a nice face. And then, yeah, there's a picture in his book. He's actually really handsome. <laughs> I got really passionate about it. Like he wanted to marry Slash. You like him a lot, don't you? Yeah, but I respect him. And what, what is the respect based on? Because you're winky. Uh, what he achieved, and also just when I was a kid, his poster was on my wall. Yeah, you know you've got to respect that. <laughs> you've got to respect he, a poster. He arrived <laughs> when I put the blue tack on him. Yeah. Yeah, I had a bros poster on my wall. Well, so there you go, see? Make that judgment. That's the fundamental difference then, between us. That's one of them. I wrote, like, I wrote on it, like, but I sort of, like, to, I defaced it, but I bet I you made yourself Craig Logan. In my, in my mind, I was, so I could get close to the, the Bross twins. And I had them Grosch bottle tops on my shoes. I was really See, while you were doing that, I had a leather jacket and I was smoking facts. You probably weren't. You were probably you were a couple of years younger than me. You were probably still scared of that crow in your wall. <laughs> <laughs> you were all this sniveling little wretch, seven years old or something. Certainly, we'll be talking to James Whitaker. He's one of those royal experts who I'm sort of quite interested in. Have you not seen him on telly? He sounds a bit like I gave him the job. <laughs> I don't know. My impression's not very good, I'll be honest. It's but... like old fisherman. <laughs> she blows! <laughs> it's not like that. I've, mis I've misrepresented him. But, I mean, there's a sort of an odd gargle to his voice. <laughs> like 
the Davros out of the Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor! <laughs> the Queen of Nath have a day! Zippy! Oh, what are that. you doing to this man? <laughs> well, He's look, a royal correspondent. When he comes on, you'll know. That's what, that's what, all I can say, Matt, oh, really. Oh, great. Why don't you make an elephant in the room? <laughs> you'll be all embarrassed. <laughs> well, just listen to his voice, because we're going to talk to him, because I'm, of course, doing the Royal Variety performance. There's been a lot of phone calls between oh. me and the producer of the Royal Variety performance, laying out protocols of what's acceptable and what's not. What, you laying down protocols for the Queen? Yeah, so if she... she... can't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> she better dress up nice as well. She looks <laughs> the right bloody state in that recreation of her wedding day, the tart. What I want her to wear is a lovely basque, a peephole bra, <laughs> and I want her to totter in there in stilettos and do a blow-off over the edge of the balcony. Saying things like that yeah. is the reason that there's been a lot of phone calls between <laughs> you and the producers. I know, it's good though, because I'm capable of behaving when I need to, like when I'm looking after my mate John Rogers' kids. I'm good as gold, I don't say anything weird, so I just go, oh, come on, Spider-Man, stuff like that, you know. Don't say that to the Queen. I'll tell Medge. You Medge? Hey, what, you Medge, you- You read the boogie, well, yeah. <laughs> You're the only one who hasn't. <laughs> I tell you what, you come across as right sour puss in it, you know? <laughs> 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 No, you don't laugh, I'm messing about, you come across smashing. Go on, give us a cuddle. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. We've got to get through to Noel Gallagher. I've not spoken to him. I'm worried about him. Yeah, but do you know why? What? So it happened. No, didn't you read about it? No, of course not. The what stalker happened? thing that came to Abbey Road. <laughs> well, what, <laughs> well, what's happened? Who's stalking? That sounds quite serious. Noel Some Gallagher. bloke came there. Who's stalking? I think it was a Greek him? bloke. Well, let me tell you. Greek bloke, right, <laughs> turned up and said that he wrote all the lyrics to, um, what, the latest album and that <laughs> Noel Gallagher stole them. Which Did is he? quite, you must be mad to own up to that. Yeah, why would you make such a claim? <laughs> hey, you know them lyrics, right? I know all of them. You're all right, mate. I haven't, you know, I'll just make them up on top. No, but I think it's something we shouldn't joke about. Oh, all right. It's in the papers, I think it's Oh, quite yeah, don't serious. do bad things in the papers, mate. Yeah. Well, the old bill are involved. Oh, the plates are involved. Don't get your hands down, you might get your colour felt sound. You know, careful, you might get a kick in the mouth. <laughs> 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 right, we've driven Dawkins away with idiocy now. Richard Dawkins was going to be on the oh, show. No, Perhaps the foremost us. mind of our, of our Is that time. why he's left? The evolutionary psychologist. He's hung Shit. up because he thought this was a silly show. This is a lot of silly business. I've he just said about kicking the muff <laughs> <laughs> ten seconds ago. That's what did it. This is what you did to the man who was zippy. I know. He could have been about tough. sex. Every time people try and get near us, Matt, I'll kick them up the muff and send them <laughs> scurrying away. Oh, not not Richard Dawkins and Chomsky. That's two people now. That was your Gordon Brown interview. Oh, I, I touched him on the willy. <laughs> terribly wrong. No, I did some research for about four seconds. Actually, the reason I'm not, oh. I'm not interviewing Gordon Brown because it's, it affects our revolutionary credentials. They said you can't show political bias, and I said, well, it, how about is the political bias? I think that all politicians should be lined up and shot in the street like dogs. And they went, mm, well, that's bias. And I it's went, not bias, nothing. actually. Oh, because all of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Matt. In a way, I'm the ideal replacement for Jeremy Vine. <laughs> so, you shouldn't uh, uh, say that. No. Oh, I shouldn't, no, should I? I did, though, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> there it was. It's out there in the stinking old, silly old circle-faced world. So, uh, will Richard Dawkins never come back, do you think? Richard Dawkins, if you aren't listening, <laughs> you're a right miserable old sod. <laughs> if you are, I'll just like to say, there definitely is a Jesus! There definitely was a Mohammed! There definitely was a Buddha! And they've got magical powers like Power Rangers! And they're the only things that can save us! That's definitely really worship things to the exclusion of all logic and rationale! Yeah, Richard Dawkins, get into Christmas time! Yeah! <laughs> the best bits. Russell Brand. 
Going loco down in Acapulco, if you stay too long, yes, you'll be going loco down in Acapulco. The magic down there is so strong. So nice in Acapulco that you will go a bit mad. Right, now this next verse, I guess, look at Matt studying it like a little student boffin he once was. Oh my god, it's really intense. Don't start to develop admiration for the song, Matt, because your head will swell up. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Branson will try and get in your underpants and sail you around the world. <laughs> Feel the pressure, your back's against the wall. Love is gaining on you. You're just about to fall. You're afraid to love, afraid to take a Sounds chance. Like you chain someone up. What? Hold on, why? Pressure. You're, you're back against the wall. Love's gaining on you. <laughs> you're afraid to love me! <laughs> My chap moves are the best chap moves that ever heard, aren't they, some of them? No, no. Hold on. Hold on, mate. I chat people right up with when my it moves. works. Right, so what do you want? Jam on it, for God's sake. Once someone's chatted up all nice, that's it. The job's done. You, you better, better hide your feelings. Get out while you can. That's me <laughs> piping up. <laughs> Russell Brown. Now, without any further ado or hullabaloo, let's introduce perhaps one of the most eminent and finest minds of our time. It's Hello. Professor Richard. Not you, Matthew. You're not a bright young man. You are an art school dropout. It's Professor Richard Dawkins. Hello there. Hello. Sorry that we kept you waiting earlier on the That's show. All right. We are quite blundering and uh, in many ways shambolic. Okay. Well, I'd like to apologise for that now. Uh, it's been a dear wish of mine, uh, Professor, to speak to you for quite some time, uh, mostly through the prism of my own self-obsession, uh, on accounts of uh, how your theories on evolutionary psychology would help me to understand the uh, obsession of male sexuality and my inability to break habitual uh, behaviour around the pursuit of sex. <laughs> Well, that's not a question I've had before, so go, go ahead. Well, what it is, uh, Professor, and even though you're forever banging the drum for, uh, like, you know, sort of for us, uh, uh, unravelling the myth of religion, I kind of think that in the secular age, the idea of salvation through love has replaced salvation through God. So I find that rather an attractive idea. What, so salvation through love? Yeah. How, well, explain, then, because I, don't, I think it's equally unrealistic. Well... At least it is real. At least there's something there, isn't there? It may not last forever, but, but it's, it's wonderful while it lasts. But do you not think, then, that God is a, just is a signifier, really, for oneness and truth and eternity that exists beyond our plane of understanding? Well, it could be something like that, but if that's what you think, then there's no point praying to it, is there? Or asking it to forgive your sins, but, or asking it to listen to your prayers. But, um, it's got to be more like a person if, if you're going to do that. So I think that people are rather confused. Einstein certainly thought that God was just a kind of word for the the wonders of the universe, that kind of thing. So it's the personification of God that you object to? Yes, right. I mean, you you wouldn't bother to pray to Einstein's God, would you? Well, well hold on, but in a, in a fashion, like, through the, like, through Eastern ideologies, perhaps, like, through prayer and meditation, you could bring yourself into alignment with a pure force of energy. And if you call that God or Buddha or whatever you call it, it's sort of irrelevant, but still somehow Well, good. yes, I mean, th th there could be something in the Oriental way of doing things, mm. meditation and things. I wouldn't think it's anything supernatural, though. And the brain is a wonderfully complicated thing, and if you practice certain techniques like meditation, yeah. you might have mental experiences, a bit like taking drugs. I mean, yes. it, 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 it could be a, a bit like that. It doesn't mean that there's anything supernatural, though. Um, well, I suppose my problem, Richard, is that by negating the power of the divine, we're left with a world 
that is unaspirational and perhaps it becomes somehow acceptable for us to for us not to try and connect and to not be beautiful and truthful oh i don't think that at all i i, I think that that you can love poetry you can love music you can love art you can love science without thinking there's anything supernatural. Hey, uh, Richard Dawkins, what do you think about like the ideas of uh, Rail and Eric von Daniken, them people that think that ancient scriptures are merely a primitive people describing an advanced alien technology? Do you think that that's likely or possible? Do you think that life on Earth was possibly seeded by an extraterrestrial nation? No. Why? That's a really <laughs> good one. I like that one. <laughs> no, I, I don't at all. Um, I, I think that's, I mean, it, it's not that I don't think there are extraterrestrial civilizations. I, I think there probably are. Well, that's quite but I think good. they're so far away, we probably never meet them. And, and people might like to look at a magazine called The Skeptical Inquirer, which has... They probably won't. They'll probably be too skeptical. Oh, I can't be bothered to get The Skeptical Inquirer. The Skeptical Inquirer. Well, so I recommend it. It's, re it's really rather fun to have all these things explained. But I do sometimes sense divine power and connection. What is that? Madness. Well, I feel something a bit like that when I look up at the Milky Way, look up at the stars or look mm. down the microscope. I think the human brain is a very complex thing and I think it responds emotionally to wonderful things and the, the, the sheer size that? of the universe is wonderful and so you probably do get a kind of upwelling of feeling. I think there is something. I think there is something. I think there is a, a powerful divine force. I sense it and I think also that it's the only thing that can save us. You know, I don't think we should accept blindly supernatural ideas, but I think the, uh, the, the notion that there's things beyond our immediate comprehension, things that are magical, I find it exciting and entrancing. And Well, I find lots of things exciting and entrancing. But I don't think I would just say that I feel that something must be true. I mean, what, what you feel and what I feel is irrelevant. What matters is what there's evidence for. But does it, though, Richard? Because, like, why, why can't feelings be as good as thoughts? Oh, go on, give us a cuddle. <laughs> well, but you, I mean, you can feel all sorts of things. People feel, pe people who are insane feel they're Napoleon. It's, it's not a serious argument to say you feel something. Mm, yes, there's got to be a better so. reason than that. Uh, the God delusion, because that's been around for, uh, for ages. Why do we have to say about that? We know about that already. Well, the, the, no, well the God delusion's been out about a year, mm. um, and it's sold very well. It's sold more than a million and a half copies now within it's one year. It's not so as much as the Bible, though, mate. The it's Bible's still out here. We're knocking out Bibles. Than and the Bible, of course, is fiction. Oh. Oh, no, people <laughs> like it. They like a good story. Oh, come on, cheer up. Russell Brand. Should we continue our analysis of going loco down in Acapulco? Just close, We've not really I know. reached anything resembling. around the issues, really. Yeah, come on. Right, you'll be pulling out your hair, drowning in despair, with a whole lot of nothing on your way to nowhere. That's quite a good existential lament. Too many negatives. Doesn't that make a positive? Yes, I suppose it does in a mathematical sense, but not if a load of negative things kept happening to you. Say you were in a bed sit and then you found out that you tested positive for an awful blood disease, then you got kicked in the nuts, and then you found out your dad had gone all homeless and he wanted to stay with you. You wouldn't go, well actually, so many negative things are happening, I think this is brilliant fun now! And like ride your dad around like a mule. I haven't got to that bit in the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> when you realise what a fool you've been, you'll be haunted by her face, missing her warm embrace. This song don't make sense. It's just all over it's the about place. Lost love, man. All it's about is that someone's gone acapoco rhymes with loco. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if you just no. Well, no, Gallagher who's on the show later if he picks up his bloody phone. Yeah, well, how he says slide and shine and slide away, shine it up your face, <laughs> never know. I'm a beauty race, both today, <laughs> gonna do a done, never did it, no, now. Nah.
Oh, here's an email. Hello, Russell, says Tom Carax, which is the weirdest word I've ever heard. I enjoyed your talk with Richard Dawkins. I particularly enjoy the way you spoke in your normal voice, not once <laughs> varying from it. I thought you ought to know that he's a bit of a hypocrite for, as an ardent, um, oh, he's a hypocrite for an ardent atheist. Before, before dinner at New College Oxford University, where he's nominally a don, though he actually spends very little time there, he's funded by the guy who invented Word. Hmm, okay. Well, that's Microsoft God. Word. Oh, right. I thought he meant when in the beginning there was the Word and the Word was God. He has, on more than one occasion, said grace. I also thought we didn't answer your question on evolutionary psychology. Right, so supposed atheist Richard Dawkins has said grace, which is a Maybe religious he's got thing. Flixes when he says grace. Flixes. I call them squitsies at my school. Did you? You call them flixies. They were always flixies at my school. Mind you, your school was for special kids, wasn't it? Yours was. You told us that once. Hey! Bright kids, special kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why we was allowed to do painting all day, because we were so clever we didn't need maths. Russell Brown. Russell's regular item. Gay! This week, got this week on my item, gay, I'll be helping a gay lad. Look Here at you. it is. What? Floundering. I wasn't floundering. You don't see Peter Sissons do that. I've saw Peter Sissons recently and he's put on an awful lot of weight. Oh, and I wonder why you care. What do you mean? I remember once. What happened? Tell me. You told me he was the only man you'd ever sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Years ago. Well, I mean, Peter Sissons is the only man I'd ever sleep with. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, that. Look at you looking at me like, oh, and I wonder why. Oh, he's put on weight, has he? Oh. And why does that hurt you so much? <laughs> That's come home a roost, didn't it? Well done, Sissons, you fatty. <laughs> oh, great, here you go, Marjorie. This close, mate. <laughs> I tell you, I, I would almost sniff it. Sissons. Yeah, well, you couldn't keep your hands off the pork pies and the pork, could you, Sissons? Well, keep your hands off me. Cos I tell ya, you've pushed me one bridge too far. Hello, here is the news. I'm sorry, you probably can't take me seriously anymore. But, but uh, look, let's not have a go. I like people that are a bit chubby. Particularly if they're like... Sissons. <laughs> if they're Sissons. What did I say? Because like, like, of his authority, did I say? Yeah, I think I can remember saying that, and actually in quite an intellectual way, saying, well, look, yeah, I would see it for a man if it was like Peter Sissons and I felt he could look after me. Was it like that? God, that's intelligent, is it? <laughs> it's quite an intelligent <laughs> Actually, it was brilliant. <laughs> Peter Sissons is going to look after This might win Dawkins over, actually. If Richard, listen to this. <laughs> I once said, I I'd like the idea of sleeping <laughs> with Peter Sissons because he could clutch me up to his chest and I could put in a bonnet and Peter Sissons could feed me. <laughs> so like I, 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 I addressed Oxford with the whole thing. <laughs> everyone loved it. I, I, I've been made a don. This is right anyway, we're on my new item, gay. <clears throat> so well, we found out that you're a gay yeah. for Sissons. Turns out I am. Hello, Russell, Matt and Mr. G, I'd like to be in your item called GAY! My name is Lost Boy, I've never been with another gay before, but lately I've started to have these feelings for another man. I shall refer to him only as Dax Flame. I wonder if I should act on these feelings or should I just keep it to myself? What do you suggest? Thank you so much, Always Lost the Boys. same problem. Always the same problem. Should I, you just, it's I, never like, you know, anything like, what, what else could curtains should I get? Yeah. What curtains should I get? Um, what Peter you got? Sissons, ones made out of <laughs> that sort of chocolatey, velvety material. Oh, you should get curtains, right, with a tie that hangs in the middle of the curtain rail, yeah. like Sissons' tie. Yeah. And when you pull the curtains closed, it's like you're putting on his jacket. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I finished Mr. Sissons. But I hope you enjoyed that, Peter. <laughs> now, business is closed for the evening. <laughs> News is this. You've hurt my feelings, you big pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I love Peter Sissons. And listen, let's not have a go. I don't like anyone having a go at anyone for anything. 
certainly not people who's a bit chubby. Because I'm not, I'm not getting hey, hung up on the chubby. No, am I? Because I am a bit hung up on the chubby in the sense that, four, do you know what I mean? You want to get hung up on the chubby? I like it hung up on that chubby. <laughs> <laughs> we're really juvenile sometimes, Matthew, especially as we're so bloody clever, it's ridiculous. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. You're listening to the best of Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. Well, I've just been handed a piece of paper. It says simply these words. Sissons is on the line. Peter <laughs> Sissons, the authoritative voice of news and current affairs, and for me, a kind of obelisk of sexuality. Uh, let's uh, see... <laughs> Peter Sissons, is that your laugh? It is my laugh, yes. I'm just laughing at being an object of sexuality. An obelisk of sexuality, like a big golden monument. Ob obelisks are made of stone, aren't they? Oh, I suppose so. Perhaps you'd be a cold, indifferent lover. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to those who know me. <laughs> I suppose that's the best way to conduct your sex life. I wish I could say the same, Peter. But I tend to be incredibly generous even to people I've barely even met. That's just, you know, one of my personal foibles. Well, thing is, I suppose I've found you very alluring. Gosh, it's the first time that um, someone uh, of your uh, status has said that to me. Well, it's because you've got a, a kind of authority. Well, it, um, you either have it or you, or you don't, I suppose. But um, I'm not the only one. What happened once, Peter, is I saw you in a department store, I believe it was in Lakeside, and this was as a teenager, you, yeah. me as a teenager, you weren't there, looking for leather jackets, it was, it was, I was there, and I think it was Debenhams, possibly, other stores are available, and you were, like, selecting out a suit, and I'm thinking, oh, that's Peter Sessons, uh, uh, Sessons. and I think, like, that the image of you scorched so deeply into my retina that I've never really truly got over it. Was it me, or was it the suit? The pair of you together were a pretty unstoppable force <laughs> of a libidinous desire, if I may say. <clears throat> right, let's ask some sensible questions. We've got Peter Sissons on the phone now. We've spoke about fancying him. Why, my, my, Matt Morgan, who's my co-host on this show, has just written the word Queen on a bit of paper and underlined it. What's your Peter intention? about the Queen, because he's probably met her as well. Have not, you met, all right, have you met, like, you know. Yeah, I have met the Queen. I thought, yeah, yeah, for a minute I thought that <laughs> Matt was <laughs> suggesting that either you or I were homosexual. <laughs> um, no, no one's ever uh, called me that either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've talked about nothing but erotica since we started to speak. Since he was born. <laughs> <laughs> My first word was foie. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, all right then, let's talk about something a bit more sensible then. Um, mm. <laughs> 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 all right, when you're reading the news, don't you just think, right, well, what about this then? Yeah, I've never had a, this is a good, intelligent question. You know how, like, Noam Chomsky says that the news agenda is set by the government and uh, the sort of the, I don't know, the the forces of consumerism that control all of our minds. Yeah. Do you ever think when I'm reading the news, oh no, I'm just helping to manipulate people into a spellbound state where they're divorced from their spirituality and the possibility of freedom, all this news is filthy propaganda, it's not really true. Do you ever think that a bit? No, that isn't what causes through my brain, actually. <laughs> it usually is the autogue going to work. Uh, <laughs> But uh, every, there hasn't ever been a government in the sort of electronic age that hasn't wanted to control the, the media, that mm. wanted to control television. They all try it, and it's a battle they all lose. Do you think there can be a revolution, please, Peter Sissons? 
Uh, no. Why? <laughs> we don't have revolutions in this country. We've not had one yet, have we? What about Cromwell? Wasn't that a bit of one? Well, we, well, I suppose you're absolutely right. We've had our revolution. We had it uh, three or four hundred years ago, and um, we got all that out of our system yeah. without the sort of bloodshed that they had in other countries when they had their revolutions. Their uh, revolutions were bloody we uncivilised, if you <laughs> ask me. There's something special about us English. British. Well, I think so. I, I think the I think the British have got a lot to be proud of. I think it's uh, uh, one of the world's great nations. And because of your voice, Pierre, everything you say sounds like it's indisputable fact, right? <laughs> so I bet you could really boss your wife about. Well, dear, I've decided that I'm going to conduct a series of affairs indiscriminately with the neighbours. <laughs> All right, Peter, <laughs> get your hands off me, <laughs> please, Peter. You're breaking my heart. Let me wear your nighty. <laughs> you, you see, you, 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 yeah, you, you're, you're just judging me, taking me at face value. But you, you don't really know where I came from or no. much about my background. Mm. Yeah, I can tell you some things about my background which you might surprise you. Go on, then. I'm well, getting turned on. Well, guess who I was at primary school with? Ah, uh, Goebbels. No, John Lennon. Wow, were you? Really? You went to the same primary school as John Lennon? And George Harrison. Bloody hell! And Jimmy Tarbuck. Well, I met him when I was doing the Royal Variety performance. He was lovely. And then when I went to grammar school, I was in the same school... I was in the same year as Paul McCartney. What is this Beatles George education <laughs> system? George Harrison. Then I went to college with Ringo. <laughs> Brian Epstein was making tea. Um, we... Your I school saw, plays must have been happened. good. Assembly. Okay, in assembly. <laughs> Hello, welcome to assembly. I'm Peter Sissons. <laughs> coming up, we've got comedy from a young man called Jimmy Tarbuck, then a little skiffle band called The Quarrymen. I think they might be called The Beatles. They don't think up. Yeah. Must have been a laugh. Peter, it's been a, a very great privilege to speak to you on our show. I, but you know, before I thought of you as such, just some sort of brainless sex object. <laughs> <laughs> and now I realise that you are a man with incredible gravitas. Well, I, I used to speak highly of you too. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no higher compliment than being a sex object, in, in, in my personal opinion. But uh, thank you very much for giving us your time, Peter. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you. All the best. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Peter Sissons. Ah, oh, oh, I love you, Peter Sissons. Bye-bye. Yeah, everything sounds like news. I liked having Peter Sissons on the show, did you? He's got a little hint of um, Hannibal Lecter to his voice. He's gone now. We could have got him go, Oh, I'd like some father beats. <laughs> I wish you could say these things. Did I do a funny voice then? <clears throat> yes. Oh, no. Jeez, endorsed it. I want a funny voice. You, tried, you wheeled out the old Noam Chomsky. Wheel out Noam Chomsky <laughs> to make myself look clever. <laughs> Wheel out Noam sound a bit like him, doesn't he? Hello, yes. please. Hello. You don't know anything of my background. <laughs> my background, I was a young boy in Liverpool with dreams, dreams and beetles. I'm a pathological liar. <laughs> I went to kindergarten with Nick Jagger. <laughs> As an older man, Ralph Fiennes and I played conquerors. <laughs> <laughs> I remember distinctly myself and Steve McQueen riding on a moped. We <laughs> <laughs> lived in halls of residence with public enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Andy Warhol once went skateboarding. This isn't. This isn't. This isn't. How's that program called? The Raccoons. Hey, Bert Raccoon, Bert Raccoon, Bert Raccoon. 
<laughs> I like them voices. Oh, Mr. Sneer. Mr. Sneer. <laughs> They've turned me on, them little pigs. They just wore a jumper and they pants on. you on. So what, man? I've got a lot of sexual energy. <laughs> right, let's listen to Turn a Different Corner in honour of Peter Sissons and the meeting of Lennon and McCartney that wouldn't have happened to uh, unless for Ivan Vaughan. Let's play that. <laughs> Ivan Vaughan, he introduced us. Unless them. for Ivan Vaughan. Mr. Sissons. Right, the Daily Mail wrote a story about me today. Oh, I'm uh, not this old. What? Yeah. What do you mean? What? Can get you get your flying monkeys in? <laughs> My precious... <Monkeys. laughs> They're not flying monkeys. They're loyal revolutionaries. A glorious army. I'll tell you what, though, Matt. They sent a journalist round my mum's house and scared her. Like, I'm not suggesting we go and smash up Didn't old... Didn't you put your mum's address in the book? Of course I did. <laughs> Teach her a lesson. Sometimes I wanted more pocket money than I actually received. There's no way I'm going to put up with that sort of rhubarb and that marker libra. No, no, I didn't put my mum's address in the bookie okay. book. No, I don't think so, mate. God, that would be ever so. Oh, actually, I did put grey. Yeah, 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 I didn't put the why. number though. Oh, yeah, that was unwise. Damn. But thing is, is because it's called Grey's End Close, right? So I thought that that was indicative of a terminal address. Grey's End Close sort of yeah. sounds morbid. So I made some brilliantly witty reference to it, and uh, as a consequence, my poor mum's being hassled <laughs> by a Daily Mail journalist. She works at the Daily Mail. Loyal, not monkeys. Revolutionary is what we are. What we're do remember in a couple of years i'm going to give away all my money formulate a charity we're going to buy an island or something live there on a commune Who's we? not me and you and i'm not Come wearing on. that outfit <laughs> you will you'll wear this costume young man or we'll not take those braces off that's you. what village idiots used to wear <laughs> those smocks oh yeah we're ronnie barker we really winkies jumper <laughs> <laughs> this schmuck is not a village idiot costume do i look like a village idiot um, yeah gene nodded then gee. a village idiot who's broken into a aristocrat's home and stolen <laughs> some stuff and then ran off giggling <laughs> my lord i found my way to your lingery drawer <laughs> we've took your wife's bra yeah well i think i look very sexy she anyway this person that i'd like you to not attack because Just remember the revolution her. is loyal i know it's a silly paper i know it is i know it's a paper for people that you know don't agree with forward thinking but anyway this she's like it's only the fact that they sent a journalist around my mum's house and made my mum cry right listen to the bit mrs brand certainly How did had they make her cry by reading parts of your book <laughs> No, just by telling you where your son's done this. Oh, oh no. What's wrong with him? They probably consoled her. No, but they didn't console her. This is this bit. At times, Brand breaks into the chaotic narrative to exclaim just how awful he is. He seems terribly proud of what he's done. His tone throughout is one of simple-minded delight in showing off in his own bad behaviour. More than once, Brand has spoken about dreading what his mother, the most important woman in my life, that's me quoting me, will make of the story. Shown the content, she put her hand over her mouth saying repeatedly, oh my God, what has he done? That's because they sort of ran up to the front door, kicked on it and went, Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> ah, she was frightened, the poor woman. Right, now this was written by Alison Boshoff. Boshoff? Boshoff? Yeah, Noshoff, more like it. Right, this is the bit at the beginning. She's yeah, really coating me off. He's fawned on by his Radio 2 bosses and his autobiography's been given star-leary billing by The Guardian. But open the covers and Russell Brand emerges as sleazy, sad and consumed by self-obsession. <laughs> well, I can't <laughs> query with that. Uh, She's read it then. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's a good, fair criticism there by Boshoff. Boshoff seems like she's <laughs> been paid by us. Um, 
A hero for our times, it says, but that doesn't sound ironic. Convinced he is irresistible, Russell Brand is holding court among 400 fans at a signing event at Waterstones Bookshop on Wednesday night. The comedian is very much in his element, posing for pictures, cracking stupid jokes, and signing countless like a copies. Comedian. Yeah, big childishly finding humour in everyday life. That's good for your fans. Yeah. Posing for pictures, signing countless copies of his autobiography because there were so many. That's good also. The publishers even have to turn people away because it's so popular and successful. Russell Brand. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, his lovers paint a rather different picture because she's saying, I reckon I'm a sexy wild man, which I've... Matt, you've known me quite a while. Have I ever claimed to be a sexy wild man? Not in those words. Why? What have I claimed? Oh, yeah. Um, a sex shaman, I've claimed to be. Like you that. Can... told me you think you're extremely good in bed. I do think I'm good. I can create magic. That's why. Like, only if the other person is as well. You can't sort of just go up to a table and, like, have it off with that. It needs to... Sex takes two or possibly more people all in tune with each other. You can't just... It's not like an Olympic sport, is it? You can't just be no. good at it on your own, I don't think. Like, you know, What's this about you Christie. doing it and watching yourself in mirrors? Well, I sometimes like have a look in the mirror because I'm it, really good at sex actually because I watch myself in the mirror and it's been brilliant. That's how sense I know I'm a sensitive lover because I look so sensitive when I'm staring <laughs> past my sexual partner. my hair in the mirror. <laughs> the woman had left after ten minutes, but I carried on. She didn't seem to mind while she was in a taxi by this time, but I combed <laughs> my hair into a very neat centre parting. I looked beautiful like a PG Woodhouse character. His lovers paint a rather different picture and one which is considerably less glamorous without exception. Without exception, they describe him as an oddball loner who pads around his Hampstead flat in a white dressing gown and slippers, talking only to his cat Morrissey. That's the only thing oh that's my there. God. It was. Hmm? They get this information. Well, I do do that, don't I? I know. But I love that cat, and everyone talks to their cat. You can't just ignore him. That's ignorant. Pads around. And I don't pad. Do I pad around? Yeah. What do you mean, pad? Describe that bit further, then. It sounds like, well, pad to me means that you've got slippers mm. on. Yeah. And you just sort of don't want to commit fully to your walk. To your next so you step. Sort of slide a little bit. <laughs> Plopping along, meandering. Hello, Morrissey. I stride purposefully around my house yeah. like a And what's wrong with man? King? That's like going, oh, he's really loud and arrogant and horrible and he's all quiet at home and talks yeah. to his cat. What's that? That's not painting a picture of an arrogant, piratical sex maniac walking around in a dressing gown and slippers. Uh, then, yeah, listen to this. He only has a few friends. I got the impression he didn't like being on his own. He would talk to his cat like it was a real person. Like, but a cat's not a pretend person at any rate. Like, like real How person is tautologist. If you like, really, you shouldn't talk to a cat at all. You shouldn't. Well, no, I mean, you know, doesn't. if you're going to talk to a cat, you can't mm. talk to it as it's a cat, then you are mad. Yeah, you yeah. You talk to it like it's a little person. Yeah, right, well, to not talk to it in a cat language, because that, that is yeah, bad. Imagine that, he meowed at his cat and believed oh, yeah. that he understood <laughs> it. I understand it's cat language, no. And then, what it says here, another lover, student Hannah Gregory Soskin, said that Brand would say to Morrissey, have you had a nice night? Have you found any mice? I don't talk to you like that, like I'm a fairy tale wizard chatting to him. How school, Morrissey? Hmm, okay, well I've heard some very negative reports back from Hogwarts, and if this <laughs> continues, you can expect a kick in the nuts, my lad. She added that he slept in a gum shield to prevent him from grinding his teeth. It's not a gum shield, that was my teeth that aligners. That sounds like you sleep curled up in a huge gum shield. <laughs> in case Frank Bruno comes! <laughs> if, uh, if it protects the gums, why can't it protect my entire body? 
When she contacted him after their encounter, he sent her a text saying, I don't remember you, can you send a photo? <laughs> well, <laughs> I might have done. But like, that's a very good system for remembering folk. I would only do that to make sure there's no embarrassing incidents. And anyway, I think I'm 25 days celibate now. Blah, blah, you blah. You think you are? Why? What, do you sleepwalk or something? Well, sometimes I'll make some crazy decisions <laughs> in the land of Nod. BBC Radio 2. I'm performing in front of Her Majesty the Queen of England and Prince Philip. Oh, dear. Is it going to be a mistake to do this? I don't know. What are you going to do? Not your material. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. Perhaps some of my views. How about that? No. No You'll views. You'll say something daft about revolution. I was going to say something daft about revolution, as a matter of fact. What will you say? I well, bet you say some sort of John Lennon-esque comment about... Hey, jangle your jewellery. Jangle your yeah. tiaras. Hello, miss. I recognise you off our money. Do you something like that? <laughs> I won't recognise you off our money. <laughs> what might I do? I might say... I was thinking of giving, having a bit of a flirt with her. I might, that'd be a good story. Oh. Brand dates the Queen. Imagine I pulled you. you, you big head. I might what? flirt with her, and then your next thought is, she'll go out with me. Well, obviously, she's going to leap all over that opportunity. Brand dates the Queen. <laughs> You'll be in trouble. Remember when the Australian Prime Minister touched her bum? Yeah, how dare he? Right? He was put his arm around. He didn't touch her bum. <laughs> he put his arm around her shoulder. Look at you, you're worse than Nosh off, Bosh off. Do you remember that? When the Australian <laughs> Prime Minister done Her Majesty over a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> he most certainly did nothing of the sort. He put his arm around her, which was a disgrace. Queen of England. Don't you go near her. I won't. They won't let you meet yeah, her. I'd treat her right. If Prince Philip, if I find out that Prince Philip ain't treating her correctly and nobly, I will intervene in that Imagine marriage. just like when she comes and shakes your hand, just throttle her. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine you did. I know, that's really weird when you think, oh my God, I, I could, could just do that, do that now. And She's then that'll there. be the that's biggest the story ever. I suddenly go around and went, come here, you! <laughs> <laughs> what are you hey, thinking of? And then oh, go, and immediately go, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Look, this won't affect my knighthood, will it? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mum. I don't know what I was thinking. Come on, give us a cuddle. Get off her. All sorts of people would just come on jujitsu you in the windpipe if you did anything like that to the Queen. I wonder what would happen, though. You'd beat you up. Do you think you'd, like, die in an accident? That, that sounded sound a bit that. weird. Don't say Diana accident. <laughs> die in an accident. Well, I don't know. I heard. Okay. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I don't know what would happen. One Careful. Steady. I love Her Majesty the Queen. I'll say that for you. Every time I see her on some money, I think, oh, I might keep hold of that. Revol what's her position in the revolution? <laughs> well, I'm afraid, well, Still I don't, queen. She don't think she's allowed to be the queen no more, because everyone's like, well, she can be a sort of a queen, but she's not allowed to have more money than anyone else. Everyone's got to be equal after so the revolution. So you're royalist? Uh, I do, I don't mind it, but I just think that everyone has to, it's a sort of, it's a, having a monarchy is against my principles of absolute egalitarianism, but it's good to have totemic figures. Although I said about throttling, all that stuff, I all think that, she yeah. does a fantastic job. Oh, Matt, you're OBE's well safe. You're, <laughs> you're like, it's a Walter Riley, you are. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. You're listening to the best of Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. This is from someone calling themselves a Russ fan. I think I'm pretty safe reading this out. <laughs> Their whole identity is built around liking me. Thank you. I think it's sad that you should write such terrible thing. Oh, look, they've sent a copy of a letter they're writing into Alison Boshoff. Let's have a look. I think it's sad that you should write such a terrible thing about Russ in your column and harass his mum when Russ is such a kind, caring man who has been to hell and back and rises like a phoenix from the ashes. So please go up your bitterness and engage in some counselling to help turn yourself around and see the light of love. Russ wants to show love to everyone, so I will send you actual love to show that 
Russ fans are better people than you give us credit for. Please stop and consider what you are saying before you rip into Russ for no reasons. It takes courage to write a book such as Russ's bookie wook, where he faces <laughs> his demons and slays them. Is now moving on. I wish you actual love and blessings. Well done, Russ fan. Not my words, but the unbiased views <laughs> of Russ fan 101. Thank you, Russ fan, and all of you on the Russell Brand fan site forum. And you I turned up you. with that written down. <laughs> in, your, in your hand. Oh, look at this. Oh, <laughs> bosh off. Yeah, no, that's from a genuine, lovely That's quite fan. a mature reply. Very mature, because it's loving and decent. Much more mature than my <laughs> puerile attacks on the journalist simply doing her job. Do you reckon the um, editor mm. says, We want a hatchet job on Brad's book. Who's yeah. going to write? Bosh yeah. off, you do it. And she goes, Oh, but I don't really care either I quite, way. I quite liked dance floor trout. Yeah. <laughs> no, bosh off. Go against Did your you, instincts. Or do you think she goes, I read that book's rubbish. I've oh, written this. Print it if you want. If not, don't nail it to his door. <laughs> Kick his mum's back door in it any way you see fit and stuff this story out of it. <laughs> Russell Brown. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. We're coming from the Isle of Wight. I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Matt Morgan. Hello there, Matt. Hello, Russell. Just start the show again. I know. <laughs> I forgot we've been on. It's, called a, it's a recap. Was that a recap? It was a recap until you said hello again. Recap! The best bits. Russell Brand. After the brilliant debate and intelligent conversation that preceded with the news, Matthew Morgan, then our beloved Matthew Morgan, went, Richard Dawkins, I bet effing UFO comes down and shoot him. I love it. <laughs> That's what Matt said. <laughs> I didn't say like that. I said, I did say that. If a, I'd love it if a UFO come down and shoot him. <laughs> yeah, shot like, him. Surely, I didn't go, and shoot and him. And shoot him. You didn't even know which tense to use. Right in his tallywhacker. <laughs> <laughs> if it got him in a tallywhacker, he wouldn't be so quick to laugh at E.T. Part 2, would he? <laughs> you big soppy sausage, you. What about you trying to be all clever? <laughs> 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 it's also not true. <laughs> 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 I thought I was very polite. Richard, monotheistic. Yes, I've said it. <laughs> there, there. I, I, I don't know what it means, but I think it's to do with fry tuck. <laughs> fry a tuck. Fry a tuck. Yeah, you say that. You got a little bald head, you're pushing your luck. Fry a tuck. Fry a tuck. Get out one your boobies and I'll give it a suck. Fry a tuck. Fry a tuck. Get a little goose, then get a duck. Fry a tuck. Keep going. Fry a tuck. I'd like to get a donkey and squeeze out its muck. Yeah. Uh, what? How have you got that uncanny ability to make up songs? I don't know why. Or do is. you prepare them for months? I've read them for months. <laughs> <laughs> I rehearse them in churches and bother people with my nonsense. Losing my mind. I think it's started. <laughs> Not like this! BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. And I've received this email, it's to us all here, Russell, Matt and G, and even Crazy Insomniac Nick is credited here, even though Noel Fielding said that when he came here, he saw Nick Philps, a self-proclaimed insomniacs, all asleep like a little white kitten. Really? Exactly, exactly. He's I liar. he sleeps and then just wakes up, but doesn't realise he's slept. Hold on a minute, I'm still Another awake. Night, no sleep. <laughs> yeah. <And> memory loss. <laughs> Eight hours, gone, and all for nothing. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> ah. 
back into the gym jams. <laughs> this is uh, from Rupert, age 24. He's said he's gay. <laughs> so there he's just he's just put that there. He just he says, look at the end of it. He goes, love Rupert, age 24, gay, London. Nice work, Rupert. I was thoroughly amused by your discussion of what you might like to do to the Queen when you meet her at the Royal Variety. What about greeting her with no trousers or pants? Or giving her a copy of your bookie book, signed, obviously, or just giving her a little lick on the cheek? All interesting suggestions, Rupert, but likely to lead to me getting a little spell in a towel. That is why we've got uh, James Whitaker on the phone. He is an expert on royal things, and I've known of him for a very long while, and he seems to be an adorable gentleman. James, are you there? <laughs> you know, I've never been called adorable in my life, but it's, I suppose it's the first time, and I take it as a compliment. Well, in my view, you've been in the wrong company, James. If those royals who you've spent so much time with haven't have. seen fit to call you adorable, it is a distinct lack of manners and foresight. <laughs> I've been reporting on the royal family since um, 1968, so it's surely nearly 40 years. Wow. James, could you tell me, during those uh, 40 years, what have been the most interesting events that, uh, that you have reported on? Uh, without question, the relationship, the romance, God, I wonder whether it was a romance, the build-up between Charles and Diana when they were heading towards marriage, it was hectic and then of course the tours i did with them um crazy italy, days the grand tour of italy i think it was 86 for two and a half weeks we were in australia James, new zealand James. right at the beginning soon after they got married in 83 we were there James. six six and a half weeks <laughs> I've been everywhere in the world worth visiting, to be honest. James, we got Slash on the show a little bit later, chronologically, yeah. but not actually. And uh, uh, he went on tour, of course, with Guns N' Roses. Was your tours with the Royals, did they have the kind of hedonism that one might expect from a tour of a uh, late 80s rock band? It was different, but it was pretty fancy, I can tell you. Why? I, I mean, it was the, we saw the best things on earth laid on. They weren't laid on for me, but they were laid on for... <laughs> I should have been laid on for you. Wales ...and the Queen. I've done a few tours with the Queen. And you stand there and you get some pretty fancy things Thanks. happening. For example, What's let me tell you one which actually didn't involve Diana. Where was it? It was the first big tour I did, which was 1976, I think it was. And Prince Charles went to Ghana. Mm. And out of the blue, we didn't know it was going to happen, they laid on a Durbar, D-U-R-B-A-R. It's a sort of an Indian thing, really, where it's a gathering of chieftains and clans to come and say and pay respect to their leader whom they regarded as Prince Charles in those days and people walked from all parts of Ghana for about a week, week and a half to this fantastic gathering there. There must have been a million and a half people cool. and all the chieftains of the various tribes were brought in on solid gold daises. There will never be a gathering that big again ever in history. James, you've seen some wonderful things in your time, be yeah. it some chieftains uh, carried on a gold carriage thing or waiting in the Sistine Chapel. Now, what I'm most intrigued about personally is um, I myself am to do the Royal Variety performance soon in about... I know, minute. it's an honour. It feels like a very great honour to perform before Her Majesty, but, <laughs> James, what will it, uh, what, what sort of protocols must I observe? The protocol you... is it? Tell me, um, 
Are you looking forward to that? I'm very much. That's the only reason I'm doing it, is because I want to meet Her Majesty exactly. the Queen. You will meet her, and she will be extremely gracious. It's not her favourite evening of the year Why? to attend the royal <laughs> brilliant. to perform, but you won't know that. But because I, James, she will James, do it beautifully. Now, what you do is, when you go down the line, you will look at her... Mm -hmm. And as you come, she will put her hand James. out. You take it. Do not bow from the waist, Russell. Bow from the neck. From the neck. And you say, yeah. just your majesty. Just say Nothing your else. majesty. Just your majesty. James, James, what and if I want to distinguish... if she starts talking James. to you, and she may well do, you don't keep saying your majesty. What do I say? You call her your then, Ma'am. Ma'am. Ma it's Mamma's in jam, not Mamma's in charm. Why Mamma's in jam, not Mamma's in charm? Because when you think about it, it is short for Madam, isn't it? You right. don't say Mordom. It's no Madam, so it's Ma'am. Hey, Mordom, give us a kiss. James, what if I want to do something to get extra special attention from the Queen? You, you know, went. I want to stand you, out. I tell you what, however upfront you are and mm. how clever you think you are. Quite clever, I I'm sure you've got lots of balls. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Just got two. They are enormous. She will. Her very presence will prevent you from doing Honestly. it. Honestly, is she charismatic? Think, well, I'm going to do it to prove a point. No, but don't upset her. I love her. You James. will feel the fool, not her. <laughs> James, <laughs> James, <laughs> can I just tell you something else? Go on in. If you then step out of line I I and you hear her say this to you, you're in deep trouble. What is it? She will say, how very amusing, <sighs> and she will then rapidly move on. You will know that you've pissed her off at that stage. <laughs> James, your I'm language has been amusing. worse than Noel Gallagher's on this well, show. Well, you know, this is the way it is. So, you're not going to do it because I think... You have respect for I HM. do have respect for Her Majesty, but I want special attention. You know, like the Don't relationship... Don't call your Royal Highness. You're not doing so. You're quite... But lots of people get flustered. And in fact, it's very funny. I've seen lots of people meeting the Queen, Russell. Men yeah. <laughs> have been so thrown, they've curtsied. <laughs> Men curtsying? You won't get that from That's me, mate. That's quite amusing. <laughs> do you mean that how she means it, like it's not amusing, or do you mean it actually is no, amusing? I mean it's amusing for us to watch. And I'll tell you what, if you were to do that, if you were to curtsy, yeah. and it wouldn't be that extraordinary, you'd feel a bit of a nana afterwards and everybody would take the mickey out of you, she will not laugh at that. She will behave utterly professionally and you wouldn't know it. It's just your pals afterwards will go tee-hee-hee. -hee. Is there nothing I can do to endear myself to her like Essex did Queen Elizabeth I? <laughs> you really want to get close up and personal, oh, don't yeah. you? Yes, I do. No, if you're just... No, one thing you can do is, if she is talking to you and the conversation gets stuck just for a second, yeah. it's absolute codswallop to say, oh, you mustn't speak to her unless she speaks to you first. That's nonsense. She is desperate for other people to speak to her because she has to make all the game. And if you get stuck, do you know anything about horses or dogs at all, Russell? Yes, loads of things. Uh, horses, Mr. Ed, uh, Sugar... <laughs> Loads. I've got loads brilliant, of things to do. Brilliant. 
bring horses up and then you'll talk to her for ten minutes. Oh, she loves dogs too. Remember this, she much prefers dogs and horses to human beings. Brilliant. Okay, that might affect my costume choices. <laughs> <laughs> James, you've been fantastic. But I'll tell you what, you will be enchanted. She is a nice friend. She doesn't smile a lot. That's not because she's dull or grisly. It's because <laughs> it was a lady in waiting, it's, oh, I know, 30 years ago, said to me, because I said, why does she not smile that much? And, and apparently the Queen says, look, if I go around grinning and smiling all the time, I just look stupid, and therefore it's more sensible and practical to keep a fairly solemn expression. Now, if, if, if you then meet... Prince Philip, who oh, yeah. is following her, and you say something crass, I'll tell you what, you'll get an earful from him. Really? Yeah, he's the one to watch out for. Right, I'm going to watch him, I'll watch him, I won't, I won't make no mistakes. He's very acid-tongued. He is Don't a bit acid-tongued. I won't, James. James, what are we going to do? Would you mind if we call you after the event and let you know how it went? Well, I hope... It I hope I'll have a report at the time. I might even be there, and I will be watching. I hope yes, so. I'd be absolutely delighted to hear. James, and I'll tell you what, you'll be bowled James. over because she is a decent, James. good lady. No, I can't wait to meet you, James. And I think next time that we talk, you will be addressing me as Sir Russell. Indeed, <laughs> Thank you very much. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks I for your time, that's James. The case. Even an OBE would be all right. You know what that stands for. Go on. Other bugger's efforts. <laughs> thank you very much, <laughs> James. Is James, thank you Bye -bye. for your time. Take care, Good James you. Wicker. Pleasure. Good luck and enjoy yourself, you will. Thank you, James. There he goes, old James Wicker. See, he has got an interesting voice, hasn't he? He's amazing. He speaks like he's got his eyes closed and something in his eyes. <laughs> he's going, I just got something in my I've just, eyes. <laughs> I've come out of the shower. <laughs> it doesn't go like that. It's, it's weird, though. It's, he's got his sort of box at you. I like the way he talks to you. Yeah. Okay, right. So I think I've got it pretty straight. <laughs> I call her Mammy Pajami. <laughs> I go straight up to her. I grab her by a boob tube. Nay, like a horse. <laughs> Hey, Jamie, what's going on? <laughs> Who's that guy with you, the old sourpuss? Boop, boop, pin, pin. <laughs> Give us a cuddle. I've just done a dirty curtsy. <laughs> Here we are, love. Hey, can I have my knighthood? It stands for up your bugger. <laughs> Bye! Arise, <laughs> <laughs> sir. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Later on, guess who's coming in here? Chrissy Hind out of the Pretenders coming in here. Did she agree to do karaoke? <sighs> well, no. You have but to check that with a record company. I ain't checking nothing with a record company. I bumped into Chrissy Hind in a vegetarian restaurant that I frequent, and she goes, oh, hello, started chatting to her. She's nice. She's sort of sexy, actually, as a matter of fact. Yes. I liked her. So, that, so what, you're going to sing Islands in the Street? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I will. It'll be a version of it. If you can imagine Islands in the Streams. Much slower. Asthmatic version of Islands in the Stream. Russell Brand. You're listening to Russell Brand's Best Bits on BBC Radio 2. We're actually using the studios of Isle of Wight Radio, right? So, um, at some point, we are going to go in. What's going to happen, Matt? I'm going into an Isle of Wight Radio well, show. Well, there's a show going on being done here, a soul show from 10 o'clock on. Soul onwards. show. I think you should go in there, mm. and then we can switch to their output. output. And we'll be listening. So people will be listening to the Russell Brand show live on BBC Radio 2, but what they'll actually, but they'll get the output of Isle of Wight Radio. But I reckon legally. Mm. 
You, I'm a guest. You're a guest. I'll be a guest, so I can We're be really responsible. So you could pretty much say anything. I can say what I like. Racist. Inflammatory. Lot of more incendiary views on race. This is the platform I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my pretty bonkers views are going to come out. I've got no bonkers views on race. Russell Brand. Oh, you're not going to believe this. You are not going to believe. Are we on air? I don't think. Oh. Are you this? Are the bits Hello, I'm Russell Brand. We're we're in a mystery location with Alex Dyke. Alex, do some output. This is your show. Oh my God, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Russell Brand has just joined me on the Alex Dyke Soul Show. Big jump, big star in the studio. And just as we were going to go on air, someone flicked a switch and it all went, <laughs> which is a bit like my career. I think your career is going to go from strength to strength, Alex. Because I'll tell you truth i've been watching you through the window from where i've been doing my show i've never seen broadcasting like it and i've seen some of the best i've seen wogan he broadcasts with his top off i've seen chris <laughs> evans he does a lot of things with his trousers down the pair of them they're like a they're like a yin and yang wogan and oh, they're <laughs> a pair of them so is every, everything's working now on your I radio don't know. show we're on air we're on. On. so the alex dyke soul show is on air of course the bbc never goes off the air does it of course it doesn't that's part of our duty now i'm just a guest on your show in it so i've not got no real obligations so i'd like to use this as a platform to express some of my new I like David Icke, but he scares me because all the good with like all him. the he's stuff. Over he there. Says. I can see him, he's still in our studio. Hold on a minute, there's just a big 12 foot lizard. He's transformed. <laughs> the whole thing was a coup. We trusted you, Ike. We trusted you. <laughs> Do you like soul music? There's nothing I like more, Alex Dyke, than a bit of soul of an evening. I'll settle down, I'll listen to a bit of Otis Redding. <laughs> Then I'll just fall asleep again. I like soul music, of course I do. Motown, that'd fall under the general yeah, banner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I like soul, it. What, what CDs? What soul CD? Have you got any soul CDs in I your car? I don't have CDs anymore, granddad. This is the age of the download. <laughs> We're the number one podcast in the country. I don't own a CD. If I saw a CD, I'd smash it up as being an antiquated object from the past. All this output's going out on my Radio 2 show, you know, Alex. Yeah, I've never had such a big audience, it's Russell. It's nice, isn't it? Our radio, all our Radio 2 people are listening now, because I've s come over here, I've scarpered over here in a mystery location, because we can't tell people on your radio show where we are, can No, we? because if we do, then people will come to the studio and say, probably I'll not tell anyone white, you can't admit to that. I'll never white admit where David Icke lives to white you. Why can't you tell people where you are? Because it's, it's a mystery. If I told people, you know what happened to that radio? Radio 1 DJ Tim Westwood, someone shot him. People Tim Westwood is a big friend of mine. <laughs> Tim Westwood, this is going out for you. <laughs> Wee! I like being a guest here. Look at my boobs. You oh, know. For God's I'm sake. mucking about. This is your radio show. Control your guests, Alex Dyke. For God's sake, you're what? Listen. No, 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 no. Listen, you are not as dangerous as David Icke. No? Not yet, but I don't know, you're getting there. I, I don't want to tempt you. to be you. a filthy lizard man. How about that for a bit of risky radio? <laughs> Alex Dyke, I've got to go back my radio show now. People listening to me on Radio 2, this is what the revolution will be like. I'll take over all radio stations, it'll be brilliant. I mean, you know, I'm just a guest, but that's why I've been so cheeky and saucy. I'm going to dash back over there to the Radio 2 listeners. Alex, I've enjoyed being on your show enormously. You're a very fine gentleman, you've been complimentary and flattering, and if there weren't certain broadcasting laws, I would kiss you so hard, and not on the mouth. Oh, that made my daughter's night. Thank you very much. Thank Let's you. hear for Russell Brand, everybody. Russell Brand. Okay, so uh, earlier on, as we've been saying, we talked to Slash, or rather I spoke to Slash, while Matt snivelled round at his I feet. Curtsied. 
Matt Kurtz in girlishly. Uh, when you meet Slash, don't look him in the eye or try and touch his ass. You'll embarrass Slash. <laughs> Matt broke every protocol in the book when meeting Slash. He tried to borrow his top hat. There will be a few photographs on the website of me standing next to Slash, very much an equal, a respected peer of Slash. And Matt, like a slivering, <laughs> sniffling little wretch. And you've got that look on your face in the picture next no, to Slash. It's so unfair. You look like <laughs> some of a look of moon-faced indifference, staring off all baffled. <laughs> it's really funny. Okay, so let's uh, let's have a little listen to that interview now. This is uh, when me, Matt, and G met. Slash. Ah, uh, he's out. this. BBC Radio Two. Russell Brand. Please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Brand Show. Actual Slash. Hello, Slash. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> Uh, you're right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm just sorting it out. You okay. look bloody fantastic, if oh, I can yeah. say so. <laughs> I'm a heterosexual man, I've but... I've been wearing these same clothes for... Well, no, I changed my shirt, but my bag was lost for a little bit there, so I've been wearing these pants for three days. Really? Yeah, you're carrying it off. Yeah. They, you know, they, they look they... better after a couple of days, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose, like, after a while, they start to form to the <laughs> shape of your legs. There doesn't seem... There's certainly no hygiene problem at no. all. You seem fantastic. And I bet... You know, judging from your autobiography, Matt's read it. I've only read a bit that was serialised in an English newspaper. But I imagine wearing the same clothes for a few days is not it's a massive not the, problem yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I've never done it before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On accounts of, I suppose, uh, like the horrors of addiction, sometimes you will just leave on the same clobber for maybe even a month. It could be a while, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, like, it goes out the window a bit, the personal hygiene while on drugs. Everything goes out the window. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the problem with it. Manners. That right. goes out the window. Yeah. Human um, kindness. Just observing anything other than what, the, what you happen to be hooked on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, isn't it, with the old drugs? You know, yeah, that you pretty much soon prioritise drugs above all else. Nothing yeah, else really yeah. matters. Um, Matt, who is a massive fan of Guns N' Roses, and you in particular, uh, said that one of his favourite bits of your biography was, like, you used to see little imps running around <laughs> your legs. Could you tell us a bit about that, please, Slash? Oh, it was just, uh, it's just a hallucinatory thing, you know? Mm. Um, and I actually, I sort of, I, I have to admit, I sort of enjoyed it. But I, it, it got the best of me at one point, and I sort of got out of hand, and I had to brush up with the, the law over it. What? Well, hold uh, on. Why? The, the, first of all, you liked the imps. You thought, I quite like having the well, imps. Well, it got out of control, though. You know, I, I'd, done it, I'd been through that before, and it wasn't too big of a deal. It was sort of fascinating, actually. But then right. there was one time where I just took it too far, and I actually thought they were trying to... Trying to attack me and yeah. so and I and I actually attempted to flee from them and I did was fleeing from nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you know? we're fleeing from nothing how do you know when you've got away and I, and I was in a, I was in a resort hotel with absolutely no clothes on and destroyed my room trying to get out of my hotel room and then ended up on a on the uh, resort grounds running through there and I, I managed to go into some room that a maid was cleaning and run the maid over in right. my haste, and she freaked out, and it was just a huge scene. It's good to be able to run over a person <laughs> without a car. Yeah, but she pressed charges for battery. And, oh, did she? Yeah, or oh. something like that. That's a bit ungrateful. You'd have thought she'd be pleased yeah, with the anecdote. freaked her out. Yeah. Long-haired, naked guy coming out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that can't be easy if we're yeah. just trying to clean a room. With me, I've never had proper good hallucinations on drugs. I've always been more things just moving around a little bit. I was a bit of a heroin and crack addict myself, and I didn't have much luck with the, with the hallucinations. It was no, all... it was, you know what it was from? It was from shooting coke. Right, yeah. that'll do it. 
Yeah, that'll produce the cloaked imps. <laughs> They'll come out of the woodwork <laughs> once you start my, mainlining Charlie. Yeah. They'll turn up. Oh, well, it's lovely to have you uh, back and on the level and everything. Because uh, we don't use drugs now, no? I haven't in a while. Oh, congratulations. Uh, how long? Uh, it's been 15 months. Oh, well done, mate. Wow. Oh, nice yeah. one. Um, what I wanted to know is, you know, in the music industry, isn't there a bit of a vested interest in keeping, this is Matt's theory, in keeping musicians all doped up and addicted so that you can be manipulated? Yeah, I think that 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 is a reality, especially in the 70s. You used to use drugs to keep people from from realizing what was going on around them, and also keep them working. Yeah. You know, I think Aerosmith was a, a, a great example of that really? back in the day. Yeah. Oh, so, cheers. It's a nice cup of tea being bought in. Slash, there you go. That's more like it. A cup of good old English tea. Well, we put some heroin in it. Just I think it is coffee. No, it's got Jack Daniels. Because <laughs> otherwise you might not see that's any. That's how I used to do my coffee. Though. Really? A bit yeah. of Jack Daniels. Why not? Other whiskies are available. Um, let's let Matt ask you a question because mm. you're his proper hero and everything. Right. Okay. Uh, on, do you reckon Axel's read your book yet? Oh, I know he's read it cover to cover at least a half dozen times. Really? <laughs> Because that's like the, someone else that's, read it first. That's the way he is. He comes um, out all right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have any reason to to say anything negative about Axel. I talked about some negative issues or some factual stuff that actually happened, yeah. some events that went down. But I didn't attack his character because there's no reason for me to. I think everybody wanted me to just to mm -hmm. see what dirt I would, you know. But I wanted the book to be as honest, and I also wanted to be an optimistic book as opposed to just you know a negative sure. dirt book. Slash burly people are coming here to take you away from us. They'll probably fill you up with booze to keep you on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Slash, for coming in. All right, cheers. Russell Brand. Slash! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's out, Guns N' Roses. Well, there goes Slash. What did you think about that then, Matt? I didn't know. When you put me on the spot, I was like, oh, no. I thought I'd give it a bit of a build-up so that you yes. had time to think of yes. what to say to him. Yeah, but I had actually thought that, like... Naturally, I was just thinking. I wonder if Axel Rose is ready. Good question. Good if it's an actual authentic question. It was quite. It was a good interview. It was a nice bloke. Yeah, he's totally on the level. Uh, the amount of drugs he's done in his life. Oh no, I wanted to get round to that, I'd but think you know, that it would have some long-term effect, but it doesn't seem to have. So, back on the drugs, then. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. If we've learned anything from our interview with Slashers, the drugs have no negative <laughs> side effects. Drugs are bad. Don't take drugs. We have got a very special person on the phone. He's a friend of the show, without whom we would all be very much at a loss. It's Noel Gallagher. Hello, Noel. How are you, mate? You all right? <coughs> Merry Christmas. Right, Coffin. Merry Christmas to you as well. Nice to hear from you. Are you okay? No, it's nice what to hear from you. you. Not the other <laughs> way around. Well, yeah, it is, actually, because it's not nice to hear from you, because you are a miserable, curmudgeonly oh, hater. Hey, hey, hey. No, I'm fine. How are you? You all right? How's Matt? More the point. He's all right. He's I'm just right. sat moping about. You know when he goes all sulky in teenage? He's a bit like that today. He's in that sort of vibe. <laughs> What's going on? Over? I don't, you can never tell. He's actually drinking. So, I mean, if he is hungover, it's as a result. I've had one can of cider. I've had one can of cider. <laughs> See, Matt is one of them people that when he's drunk, all he goes to you is, I can't believe I've drunk three bottles of vodka and I'm not drunk. That's all he says to you when he's drunk. I can't believe it. I've drunk. I, I this is what you do when you were drunk. It was good fun, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was good. When you went to Led Zeppelin. That's right, yeah. By the way, you yeah, slagging me off in your column in the sun the other day. Yeah, I think I might have used my column in the sun as a, a mouthpiece to yeah. uh, attack you. Why? There's, there's no need for that, Russ. <laughs> well, it's just because, remember, when I said I'd met Her Majesty the Queen, which I have done, you goes, hey, what are you doing, sucking up to the establishment? No, 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 no. Did I say those words, or did I say I could smell the cheese through the newspaper? <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably yeah, right. your own I genitals. I didn't use the word establishment <laughs> or suck up at all, but you wrote... In your little page, <laughs> little hairdo. <laughs> did, oh, did you see me? Had a crown on. Not, no, Gallagher never said that to you. 
Yeah, well, you said something. You sent me a text message that said something like, uh, "Like, oh, look at you, like smaller trees come from." Yeah, it was something along those lines. And I said, "I seem no, to I remember never. you." No, I never. Hey, I watched Blair. your program on Jack Kerouac the other night. Good, isn't it? It was quite good. Hey, what do you mean quite good? Why have you put a qualifying quiet in front of the good for? Well, you know the because you know the bit where you and Matt are still on the streets and you and you're you're kind of going, oh yeah, but there must be something better than this for all these people. Do you know what I mean? It's like oh yeah, the revolution, yeah, the revolution, yeah, trying to get out of bed, yeah, the revolution. Yeah, but it's all quite. I find things that are all quite vague, though. Do you know what I mean? That there must be something like what you know, like. Uh, I don't like Jack Kerry went on his, his, his mission across America to find the real America, but don't you find that quite vague? Well, what I'm that, trying what, to say is I find it quite pointless, but entertaining because Matt was in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, never mind condemning our programmes as being vague and pointless. The revolution, I'll, I'll polish it up with some policies pretty soon, but I'm not going to be doing that. I'm very much the front man of the revolution. <laughs> Consider what would happen if you allowed Liam to design the ethos of Oasis, what kind of a shambles you'd be in now. I'm be... very much the person up the front of the revolution. I what would Oasis be like? if Liam designed it. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It'd be purple, where people would be confused, there'd be sporadic and potential oh, violence. How's the show yeah. going tonight? Well, this radio show, yeah, it's been good. We're doing it from my house. It's a bit mad, because, like, me and Matt have been wandering around, right, just talking, and you sort of forget that it's a radio show, because it's just, it's just me and Matt that. wandering around my house. No, there's a bloody great big choir, there's a beatboxer, G's here, there's people assisting my mum's here, yoga teacher of a nine-year-old girl, Fat Roy, or Rotund Roy, as he's been renamed, because he found that hurtful, Big Danny O'Leary, our bit of sexy muscle, tart with a heart tile character, wow. two girls that I met in Selfridges, hmm? you got all those people what? in your flat? Yeah, well, it's not a flat. I've got a nice house, haven't I? I've got a nice, it's not a flat. Well, how many bedrooms has it got? Well, then, I've turned all the bedrooms into dungeons, but it's got nine dungeons, <laughs> so just to give you some idea of what sort of thing goes on here. Here, yeah, listen, listen to this uh, email we've recently received. It's from a person claiming to be called Katie. Hello, Russell, Matt, G, and everyone else in the kitchen. Russell, when is your date with Jerry Halliwell? Uh, there's an update for you, Gallagher. Get that down your neck. You've also, got a date with Jerry Halliwell? Well, it's on the card, is what I'm saying. Right. Obviously, now it's about to be ruined by you, but it was a possibility until Why? about five seconds ago. For? What would she do that for? Well, I think because I find her interesting and sparky, she did. Because I'm a charismatic torpedo of love, all full of ingenious schemes, like a modern day William Blake. Got a notion of power and a sort of a emotion lake. Russell Brand. Right, we are going to break a Guinness World Record other stouts are available. We're going to break a world record here on this show. We've got quite a lot no, of options. No, we're going to attempt to. No, we're going to. Then we'll be doing our jingle race war. That's why I've brilliantly now making up on the spot this jingle just before the show goes, get a bit of OG original. I'll be wow. dubbing it live on this the mic, yeah? amazing. All right, all on the mic, all on the mic. This is me, Russell Brand, all on the mic. Okay, go on, play it in then. Here we go. Ready? Yeah, this is my entry for the jingle contest. Tell us what, well, not jingle contest, I meant jingle race war. So let, let us know what you think of my entry to the jingle race war. Original victim! Oh no! Matt M! Original victim! Matt M! Original victim! So brilliant! It's a work of art! I've never seen! Look at the people in the gallery! They're overjoyed in there! There's people weeping! The woman's been sick in the bag. She's not been sick in her bag! That was a vomiting of sheer naked triumph! Russell Brand. Okay, so here, let's hear my live jingle. Oh, do we have to do that again? Just once more. I can sure I can do it this time. Wait. Right. <clears throat> Matt Morgan, original victim. So Matt fine. Morgan, original victim. Go on then! Oh. You think you're better than me? Go on, do it then! You think you're better uh, than us? Right, shut up. 
Go on then. What was it? Matt Morgan original. Original victim. victim. How's it start? Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, right. What, what, you're, ah! you're shouting over ah! it. It's so easy to judge others. Not so easy. Right, shut up. Go on. You having another go? Yeah. Go on then. Go on. Well, shut up. We can't have dead air. I have to fill the time. Right, it's my stop. actual job. Right. Matt Morgan, victim. Matt Morgan, victim. That was really good, actually. Well done. Round of applause. <laughs> but hold on. The spoils are shared because doesn't it show the brilliant idea it originally was? By me. Really? Hmm? When it's original, it couldn't work. It. Imagine someone had gone, I've invented the light bulb. <laughs> it doesn't work, though. But someone will work it. I'd have to turn it on one day. Sometimes I just hold it above my head to demonstrate that it's an idea I've had, although that semiotically wouldn't make sense yet because it doesn't light. But nonetheless, in 20 years or so, me holding this bulb above my head will represent an idea being had. Well, here's the telephone. I'll say hello, and then somebody <laughs> hundreds of miles away, if they imagine they heard me say it, it's sort of how it works. Okay, right. Now, look, you're in our chances of getting the Guinness Book of Records with pure cynicism, if I may say so, well, Matthew. I might get in there for being the most cynical man ever. Well, all right, but as it's an abstract concept, I don't see how that's ever going to occur. Russell Brand. But what is the record for saying to be or not to be a weapon? Okay, so it's the fastest talking... You said that deliberately fast, just to make me nervous. Sorry, the fastest talking mm. is 260 words of the speech, and you have to do it in quicker than 23.8 seconds. 260 words in 23.5... That would just sound like garbled rubbish, That's unlike the rest of the second. show, which is That's brilliant. Ten, it's 10 words a second. Yeah, 10 and... words a second?! That's impossible. Oh, it's, it's done. We, we, uh, we have to Who's slow done it? Uh, that's all Sean Shan, who's listening, actually, and is available to demonstrate on the phone if I want to give him a call. No, I don't want Sean <laughs> Shan on the show. Yeah, let's have it. Sounds too weird. Sean Shan on the show. What if he's in the shower? Um, so, yeah, 23.8 seconds. I have my timer. So right, you time it, but remember, let me win, because it'll be good publicity for your <laughs> wretched Guinness bookie book. <laughs> Unlike mine already, selling in their millions! Hundreds of thousands. Right, come on. Right. Mouth exercises. All right, let's do some mouth exercises. Get me ready. I always do this I'm before I attempt like Rocky's record. trainer for you. Okay, go on then. You're like Mick out of Rocky 1. Go then. I actually have never seen Rocky. Well, he's a bit like this. Okay, kid, you're an Italian tank. You're like a uh, kid. <laughs> I've not finished you're the demo. You're an Italian tank. You're like Grease Lightning, kid. Look at olives. It's disgusting, <laughs> Peyton. He's a right, bit like that. Well, let's just right? say that was your vocal warm up. Hold on, hold on. Swan swam across the sea, swim, swan, swim, swan, swam back again, world swam, swan. Actually, I said that properly then, and it was so fast, I'm um, probably That's already not that different to all your normal broadcasting. Oh, hurtful <laughs> things to say to someone Come on the very voice. anniversary. <laughs> and I'm 64. Can I have the record for the most lachrymose <laughs> insult to the legacy of the Beatles? <laughs> Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 64. Here we go, and here is my record attempt by me, and I'd like to say I'm dedicating this to everyone everywhere. God bless you, people of Earth. <laughs> here we go, then. <laughs> I know we've had some hard times, but God damn it, it's sure as blooming worth it, isn't it, when we lead up to this record-breaking moment in your face. All right, okay, here we go. Uh, right, uh, when do we start, Craig? I'll give you a three, two, one, and then... Hold on, that wasn't it, was it? No. He said, I'll give you a free 2 one Well, I thought that was a threat, go... like Ted Rogers. <laughs> Ted Rogers looming over your shoulder, the dusty bin with his lid off. Three, two, one. We all remember that, don't we? <laughs> yes. Right, kids? Okay, well, I feel actually generally ner genuinely nervous. Oh, bloody hell. It's not easy being a record-breaker, I'll tell you that, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, okay, here we go then, yeah. Okay, three, two, 
one, go. Two will be on not to be now. Exactly. It's quite a bit of noise. Might suffer the things out. Right, arrows are outrageous. Fools will take arms against the troubles and by opposing end them to die to sleep no more. And sleep, I say, when the heart can fast natural the flesh, there is a consumption to battle. To be wished to die to sleep, sleep a chance to dream. Hey, there's the rub. For in that sleep, a death, what dreams may come when we've shuffled off this more call must give us pause. And there's a respect that makes calamity of life so long for who would bear the whips and scorns of time. The oppressor's wrong. The proud man's consumed you the pangs of despised love. The laws delayed the insolence of office and the spurns that pay patient merit and the unworthy takes when he himself might take it as quite as pain with a bare bucking. Who would fardels bear to grunt to sweat under a weary life but the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns puzzles the will and makes us rather than bear those heels we have than fight to others we know not of. Thus conscious does make ours of the law and thus the native view of resolution is sickly low with the power cast of thought and enterprise this great picture moment with disregard the current turn right and lose the name of action. How much? Yeah. Once more with feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me trying my hardest to convey the, the, the meaning of Hamlet. Well, how fast was that? That was... I started at the beginning, I could do better. You could, that was 40 seconds. Oh no, sorry, that's, <laughs> I apologise for not breaking that record. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? But I reckon I could shave you 10 seconds off speed. it. But I've heard, uh, you know, when you're on record breakers. Yeah, it just sounds like... <laughs> I try, I try. It's like that, isn't it? Doesn't yeah. it make sense when they do it? Right, I think I deserve something for that, don't I? No. <laughs> Perhaps a spell in the Maudsley Mental Hospital <laughs> to recover no. from the ordeal. All right, I don't know. It's like running 100 metres in 20 seconds. <laughs> so it's quite good. Which is, is probably that what you're quite saying? good. <laughs> Fair enough, I tried my hardest. Can't say any fairer than that. Right, now, uh, Matt, eat your bananas then. I don't want to. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have agreed <laughs> to it then. Oh, well, really? Come on, mate, you bananas for Christ's sake. Can I have just say, like, bananas come in all different sizes. Who's, That's yeah, a that. good bloody point, Matt. So do words. Earlier. And so you does get those time. bananas in, uh, like, hot countries. How do I know my seconds weren't shorter than that other fella, Shea Machini, or whatever his name was? This is a mug off. Ah, <laughs> oh, sounds like an Irish name. What's Guinness? Irish. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I see how this works. Yeah? And what's your name? Craig O'Reilly. <laughs> well, well, well. And if you look very closely at the Guinness Book of Records, every single record is held by an Irishman. Look at this. Fastest bit of running ever. Jerry Adams. Right. <laughs> this is has been exposed as a sham. Well, well, well. Yeah. Pat Jennings, tallest man ever to have lived. This is a disgrace. The best bits. Russell Brand. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. I'm in my actual home in North London. How specific will we be? With me here is an act... Because this is unavoidably Christmas time, right? The time of Jesus and whatnot. Yes. So, why did you say yes like that? Sounds like you were going to go on a Richard Dawkins-style tirade <laughs> against Christianity as a concept. We've got here the Hot Butter Soul Collective, who can only be described as a choir with a beatboxer featuring line art. That's, that's how it's, we have to say it. Hot Butter Soul Collective featuring line art. Are you very much outside of, of the Hot Butter Soul Collective? <laughs> as soon as G went, he went, yeah, I'm Lionheart. G went, uh, yeah, I know you, you're Lionheart. Yeah, I know you from gigs. You're always late. <laughs> that is our line. Ah, oh, he has the qualities of a lion. He is brave like the lion. He, and like lions, he is never punctual. Oh, Simba, you are my son. Where are you? You're supposed to be here, Simba. Oh, Christ. Joy, joy. Right, so why don't we now get bloody Chrissy Hind in here, stick on one of her records, and you got no pretenders but or something? sometimes people find that rude, don't they? What, if you put on one of their records? Yeah. Let's look at her face. Because then they've got to she go... She said no. Why? Get her in there. Chrissy, come in, love. Because they've got to sit there all the way through their own song. So what? That's might sing make it. On edge. I like listening to my stand-up. I just nod patiently till it ends, thinking this is brilliant, this bit, this is good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chrissy Hind. Woo! Yeah, Chrissy 
Chrissy, talk in that microphone. Bring it nearer to me if you want, my love. If you want proximity, you'll be pretty drunk to do this karaoke. Don't get drunk. Chrissy, I will say that when we met in that vegetarian restaurant, he goes, hey, what should I bring to the show? And like listed out a big load of substances as if you were some sort of pharmacist. No, I did not. No, you didn't. I just made that up. Now, what bloody hell are you up to, Paul or Peter, whoever the hell you are? Use Matt's mic, crane in, and start explaining yourself. Why were you out? This is the karaoke expert. Hi, guys. I'm putting on one of these shows for these two. I'm having a good laugh as well. You can't even talk properly. Come back. What are you on about? I've never done karaoke. I'm more concerned whether it's going to work or not. Well, so am I, you bloody charlatan. You're an hour late. What were you doing? Christy, have you, have you ever... You've done karaoke. Oh, yeah. I, I discovered the beauty of karaoke in Antwerp. Oh, really? Why? What happened in Antwerp? Well, I, I knew Just I would know karaoke. anyone there for a start. Right, but, so... But the thing with karaoke is no one pays attention to you. Yeah, no one's listening. You can be Al Green or Martha Reeves, anyone you want, and everyone else is, you know, just... Well, I don't think that's a good case. People focus, don't they, on karaoke? Uh-uh. No. They just ignore it? No, absolutely ignore it. You can do anything you want. Well, not on bloody Radio 2, you can't. We've oh, got okay. to concentrate. Well, let's find out, let's find out. Boys are blue. Boys okay, are blue, women are pink, okay. <clears throat> Come on. Baby, hold on, that's Okay, hold on. We'll change. Now. Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. Oh, flat. I set out to get you with a fine-tooth comb. I was soft inside. There was something <laughs> going on. Ooh. Do bloody Chrissy Irons had a joke. Go on. But you don't know something to me I can't explain. Oh, you are Hold me closer. Feel no pain. Am I supposed to be really? Dolly Parton? She sings oh. right. Do you bloody well? You're Chrissy Irons. We got something going on. Tender love is blinded across the That's not lit up yet. Tender love is blind. It requires a dedication. All this love we feel needs no conversation. We ride it together. Uh huh. Making love, love with, with each other. Uh huh. Looking at me. Islands in the stream. That is what we are. No one in between. But that won't happen to us. I don't know this bit of the song. It's difficult because this, this is not a complex song. And we got no way out. Two, it's you, it's you. Well, I don't know that bit of the record. It's real thing. I mean, like, you know, that, I don't remember that being in the song. No more will you cry. Baby, I will hurt you never. I'm making up the melody. And we start and end as I in love forever. Go. Ride it together.
Chrissy, give us a kiss. That was rubbish. rubbish. Yeah, well, it's not my bleeding job. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a bloody singer. You asked me on a show yeah. and humiliate me, and I should be ashamed. Listen, of I think you're absolutely fantastic. To tell you the truth, perhaps that's the sort of thing that would have benefited from a rehearsal. But let me tell you, Chrissy, you are absolutely magnificent. I don't think we could have done it any better. Nor do I, and I don't think have we should heard aspire you sing to. Tonight? Hey, listen, have you not heard my hit single when I'm 64? Because I think it would blow your mind. Have a listen, little listen to this. Have you got it, Matthew? It's not in there at the moment. Well, I'm capable of greatness. Anyone will, anyone will tell you that who's heard my Sergeant Pepper cover or when I'm 64. Well, that they might dispute that quite fervidly. But anyway, for God's sake, karaoke, you told me it's all in the spirit brilliant. of fun, right? That's brilliant. Yeah, come on, why is there an inquest? What's the band splitting up? Hey, come on. on. I remember when it used to be about yeah, the music, Chrissy. Let's try this band's one. falling let's apart. Try I ain't one. doing no more bleeding karaoke. It's hard work. I don't it's like nice doing It's coming down here on my evening off. Look, we can have a chat and stuff. You do bloody singing, I'll do jokes. It seems to be a perfect relationship, right? On digital and on 88 to 91 FM. You're listening to the best of Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. Time now for the Poet Laureate of the show, Mr G, to summarise the entire show with a brilliant poem. Well, yeah, Mr Woo! G. Yeah! Atmosphere! Atmosphere! Four more years! <laughs> okay. Sit down now, that's weird. Well, in the slash seat. In the slash seat. Get out of that I seat. I saw all of that because I had a slash on it a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> the slash actually stood up. Okay, the poem. An expressional prose just letting you know like a pin-pin injection for those who incidentally chose to join us each Saturday. You're an extraction is the practice players. Russ and Matt chat away. An itchy jumper can get you sacked today. So actually, what's the cost of being <laughs> fobbed off? Reporters tossed off, doors locked off. This is Randy Morgan calling Bosch off with a banana hoodie phone blocked off. Rock God slash fears an attack of the little imps while Cockrell and Nash demand less noise as they reach the actual brink. Just stop and think. All this raw protocol is evidently confusing. Apparently, the Queen heard the Bowie slash phone call and found it extremely amusing. Woohoo! There it is, Mr. G, all on the mic, even though it's a pre-record, there were no errors. Good work there, G. 
Well, what a fantastic show it's been, yeah? Uh, what a fantastic show it's been. Matt, you've been lovely. You've really contributed today. Yes. And look at us in our jumpers. I You're know. wearing it, she, I'm wearing cashmere. <laughs> We're a couple of guys. There's a metaphor there, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but you don't seem to be bothered by the itchiness. No, it's almost like I'm an adult. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You do worry, however, that your soul might have been stolen by the slash picture. Can I just say your that you've got a little, um, a little bag hanging off your uh, jumper with spare buttons and stuff <laughs> in it. I don't know if that's a look you're going for. I or... think I can bust that look. I think I can. Hey, Graham, one of our favourite engineers. Mm -hmm. Lots of love oh, to you him. You make that engineer window. jealous. Trevor, I love you as well. Why don't the two of you <laughs> get off of each other? And I knew I am gay engineers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's been a fantastic show. Thank you, Mr. G. Thank you, Slash. James, well done for finally getting Thank this you, horrible uh, jumper. Thank you, Slash. Thank you, Slash. Why don't you do your brownie <laughs> dance that your sisters? Shut up. Why don't you do your brownie <laughs> dance that, you slow that the uh, sisters used to do? Where they go, thank you, thank you, well done, clapping their hands. Well under done, their well legs. done, well done. Then thank you, thank you, thank you. Actually, why don't you do that to Slash? I will. I will. Yeah, do it. Get it done. Russell Brand. You're listening to Russell Brand's best bits on BBC Radio Two, online, on digital, and on eighty-eight to ninety-one FM.